0: Welcome to another show of Practically Political. I'm Dave
1: Spencer. And I'm Kikari Sheffield. Let's get right to it, Dave. So I just want to ask you, we just had this week, The Washington Post did a takedown of the conservative woman who runs the social media account called Libs of TikTok. All this account does is simply show the world what the hard left is doing and saying in their own words. Now, The Washington Post article describes this conservative woman as a, quote, powerful Orthodox Jew who is shaping the media. I think this is perpetuating a long held anti-Semitic trope about Jews controlling the media. And despite anti-Semitic attacks at record levels, the Washington Post editors thought it was a good idea to identify this Orthodox Jew and provide her full name, even though she was writing under a pseudonym without disclosing her name. And then they also gave her past workplace physical address. I mean, this is truly disgusting. This is part of why conservatives are so upset at the media. How can the Washington Post continue to claim any sort of moral authority when they do terrible things like this?
0: Well, I will say a few things. First of all, uh, whenever I hear people... And, and the, the, the great thing about this this site is that all it does is just show clips of people speaking, right? So when people get angry, it reminds you it's like I hate my mirror. My mirror is wrong. It's reflecting incorrectly. <laughs> so there, there's no ambiguity in what is being said. So let's let's clarify that. Secondly, though, these are more what people are saying, not what they're doing, which is a huge difference between liberals and conservatives. You know, liberals talk about all this terrible stuff that they that they want to do, and they and Oh, you know how bad everything is, and complaining about woke culture. But they're, but they're, but it's not the Democrats that are making it harder to vote. It's not the Democrats that are giving state legislatures the power to overturn elections. It's not Democrats that are throwing democracy under the bus. So I think that's a very important distinction. But getting getting back to your point, I will say, and I've always I'm always a little curious too by this thing about how liberals. Yes, there is. Look, there are anti-Semites in all types all walks of life okay and it's a terrible thing and I don't condone it but you know there I Jewish people by and large particularly uh, tend to vote more democratic than Republicans so I think there's there are certainly more anti-semitic Republicans than there are anti-semitic Democrats but having said that there isn't any excuse for this you know this to me is just, it's 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 not necessarily an opinion thing. It's just a, a, an exposure, and it doesn't make the Washington Post look very good. And frankly, it doesn't make obviously all the people that were busted just telling the truth. You know, that's what they say about a gaffe, right? A gaffe is is is, is, is when you accidentally tell the truth. But your your thoughts?
1: Well, no, I you know I I don't think this is uh, the Washington Post. I I disagree. I've never seen any data that they're quote more. Anti-Semitic Republicans than Democrats. Uh, in no, fact, I didn't the say Republican that. I Party said more, vote, more,
0: more voting people, more more de- more Democrats, more Jews vote Democratic than vote Republican. That's what I said.
1: That's true, but uh, but certainly protecting the people of Israel, protecting the Jewish people from existential threats, the Republican Party uh, is definitely leading the way on that. So, but as far as uh, you know, the the. I disagree with what you said about doing versus saying, because what these videos are doing is exposing what these teachers are doing in their classrooms. So this is what the liberals are doing. They're they're trying to indoctrinate and push their worldview on very, very young vulnerable children. So I, I disagree with that.
0: Well, these, again, these are isolated examples. The, the, yes, there are. And they're just like there are a lot of, I think it's bad, a lot of these Texas, Florida just ba- banned math textbooks for, because of certain things, which I think is ridiculous. So again, but you're right, there are teachers that are doing it, but those are isolated examples. But those are things that are being said as opposed to policies that can, that can actually uh, uh, affect our democracy. So again, I think it's a false equivalency. But I will say that it does not make the Washington Post look very good. And it certainly does not make a lot of these people that are, that are spewing all this stuff look very good. So I I'm we're we're on the same part on that. So my question for you is an explosive new book by um, Alex Burns and Jonathan Martin reveals just how enraged uh, majority leader Kevin McCarthy and or excuse me uh, yes Mi- minority leader Kevin McCarthy and Senate majority leader Mitch McConnell were after January 6th and McCarthy saying, "Oh, I'm sick and tired of that guy." And McConnell saying, "Oh, the impeachment is well deserved for that SOB." But then uh, and and then two weeks later, they've pulled a 180. You know, McConnell's saying, oh, I would support Trump. Uh, McCarthy's down kissing the ring at Mar-a-Lago. And I guess, you know, to most of us, there's no explanation for this, but simply power over principle or just being cowed by Donald Trump. Can you actually give a reason that's patriotic why these, why Not only McConnell and McCarthy, they're the most famous ones by by pretty much the whole Democratic Party, I mean, the whole Republican Party by embracing the big lie and not standing up to Trump. It's for anything other than power over principle, uh, party over country.
1: Well, Dave, I'm not a spokesperson for Mitch McConnell or Kevin McCarthy. I can't speak for them. I know that they uh, have upset a lot of people in the base uh, and feel like they're kind of lukewarm on pushing back against Democrats. But at the same time, they've been very effective at holding their seats in power. But I think the bigger problem that I have with this whole situation is that you have these two liberal New York Times reporters who are writing the wrong book about the crosshairs of January 6th. I want to know where's the book that's looking at the fact that President Trump, at the time, he authorized twenty thousand National Guard troops to protect the Capitol on January sixth. So if if just think about it logically, if someone was planning a quote unquote insurrection, why on earth would they have twenty thousand troops to go and stop themselves? It makes no sense. And then you have the FBI. I've interviewed you know former head of counterterrorism for the FBI. I said why aren't why isn't the FBI arresting President Trump if that's what he was doing with an insurrection. And they said no, because if you look at what he actually said, the language, none of it is arrestable. It's the same uh, language that is used by other politicians like we need to go and you know fight for change and, and push and, and, you know, expressing outrage at an election result. So, you know, I, I just think, again, The bigger issue though is the fact that the American people, yes, we need to get to the bottom of what happened January 6th, hold everyone accountable, make sure this never happens again. But from an electoral standpoint also, the more the New York Times distracts and tries to push the narrative of January 6th, the more the American people see that the liberal media doesn't care about what they care about. Look at Gallup, look at Pew, look at university polling. Americans don't care about January 6th. They care about kitchen table issues. They care about the economy. They care about inflation. They care about health care. They care about getting COVID under control. They care about the addiction crisis. So this to me is a red herring from the liberal media, but I know you have a different take, Dave.
0: Well, first of all, just because I'm not sure they don't care about it as little as you say, but even if they do, that doesn't mean that, it, that it's not wrong. And I'll tell you this, you didn't answer the question because it would be, it would. I don't blame you because you'd have to defend the indefensible, but that pivot was <laughs> had the subtlety of a mid-air collision. All I would say is this, the the, the analogy with Trump is like, well, that's like, you know, uh, being an arsonist and then calling the fire department. So uh, in terms of getting those the, the security out there, but that's not the issue. And by the way, this is like your point about the TikTok. These people are on audio tape, and it's it, it was uh, McCarthy denied it, and then they played the tape, and he said, "Oh well, actually, maybe I did say it, but I was just joking." But but it, you know, it doesn't change. It doesn't change the point, and that is that again, it is power over principle. Okay, uh, it is uh, it is. Uh, uh, Throwing democracy under the bus, and this is the kind of thing. It's internalizing the the, the big lie. It's uh, not really standing for anything other than, than obstruction. And the January sixth to me is what really stands out most about that. And, and again, it was something where they said Trump once said in the speech, "Oh, you can go peacefully," but then that's what you hear on Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson, but you don't hear about. We can't take our countries back with weakness; only strength. And the fact that he refused to call them off, and that's where McCarthy said, "Who the f do you think you're talking to?" So again, uh, you know, you can uh, talk about minor issues about whether there was not whether whether there was security or not. But again, I would say that's not even a false equivalency. I think it's a false non-equivalency. The bottom line is that this is something that happened, and it could easily happen again. And I just hope Americans are are. Uh, aware of that and if they don't care about it as much as as little as they if they care as little as you say they should care more but but anyway so what's your what's your wild card sockets to me
1: <laughs> okay so politifact always loves to cover for democrats and liberals and they did it again this week uh they said that president biden was not in fact trying to shake thin air uh shake hands with somebody thin in thin air uh his imaginary friend Uh, And they said, oh, he was just pointing at his audience. But if you review the tape, uh, people are not stupid. They know that this president has major cognitive issues. Uh, That's why the vast majority of Americans say that uh, he doesn't have the mental capacity necessary to be an effective leader. So why do people, you know, PolitiFact is a powerful media organization. Uh, Why do they persist on perpetuating these types of just blatant lies and then also covering for liberals First of all, um, and why do you think that's a threat to democracy, Dave Spencer? Do you think the media doing stuff like that is a threat to democracy in terms of uh, as having truth? Do you think this is a form of misinformation? And then, secondly, I mean, do you do you agree with effect? Maybe maybe I'm wrong.
0: Well, no, first of all, I, I do. I, uh, I, I don't agree with effect. But again, this is where, you know, we're, we're talking mountains versus molehills here. We're debating whether Joe Biden is, uh, you know, the media is covering for Joe Biden being a little old or not cognitively there 100 percent versus the media on the right covering for democracy being thrown under the bus and sticking up for Vladimir Putin and hosting conferences with Viktor Orban. So it's a whole different thing. But to answer, let me answer your question, though, uh, in Hungary, Viktor Orban in Hungary, that's where CPACs having their conference, which every time I say it, I say it with incredulity. But. I, yes, I, I agree. I don't think Joe Biden is always there 100%. I mean, you, there's the Easter Bunny incident. That's where, you know, he was going to walk into the one door of the White House and they had to turn him around and walk him into another one. You know, there are times when he looks like a fossil. And I look, you know, as I said, unlike you, I'm always there. I say it, I do it from both sides. I give the honest tack. Uh, you know, I think he and I, and I also think he's someone, again, that was elected because he wasn't Trump. He wasn't elected because he was Joe Biden. He had two previous chances to be elected because he was Joe Biden, and he didn't win a single primary, right, in 88 and 08. And that's what, again, makes it so sad because the Democrats have been so incompetent, and and they've had a chance to do so much more than they did, and they had a chance to really prove that they could be a true majority party by appealing to the center, by appealing to those Trump voters that they appealed to in 2018 so effectively. But they've been held hostage to the the progressive agenda and it's gonna hurt them because the Republican party cannot be trusted with governing. You have nobody that will even admit that the election wasn't stolen. I mean that's how bad it is there's no agenda the party doesn't stand for anything so that's what's so sad there's there's an historic opportunity to take the country in the in 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 a positive direction you have one party that's incompetent and one party that is corrupt and authoritarian and so it's it's a very very dire situation i'm a glasses half full guy but it's very hard to be optimistic right now so my my question is we had a, you know he had a, another example of uh, Herschel Walker's uh, incompetence and reticence, the sen- Senate candidate in Georgia, when he's re- he's refusing to debate, he's refusing to make public appearances, and you know, and it kind of gets back to what we were talking about last week. Um, I've had some viewers call and, and ask about this, and that is, you know, at what point is a candidate so bad? that you will say, okay, you know what? He's a Republican, but it's best for the country that he's not elected. Now, I know you had said you wouldn't have voted for Roy Moore, but you would vote for Herschel Walker and Eric Reitens. And just a reminder of you, Eric Uh, I
1: told you that I I told you that I endorsed Karen Hartzler in that race in Missouri.
0: No, but you said but if Eric Reitens were the were the nominee, uh, you would vote. Yeah, he was exonerated. Eric Brights was that's exonerated.
1: Eric Rightens was fully exonerated. No, no, and no, in that, fact, that, the prosecutor, that, that, the prosecutor if er, if who
0: Eric Reitens, that, I'm not, that the prosecutor not who cares. went after Eric Brights
1: was was found Eric, is now is Eric. now being investigated for I'm malpractice.
0: I'm if Eric Brights, if Eric Reitens is the Republican nominee to replace Roy Blunt. W- would you vote for him? That's the question. Yeah, I would. Yes or no?
1: I would. I would prefer Kathy okay, Hartzler. Right, okay. See, but and, but and, and but that's Dave. But I mean, let me. The guy, he was not. He was not exonerated. He was.
0: He was not. Oh, absolutely, he was. Anyway. Yeah, no, he was. He, he, he tied. He tied up. He tied someone up. Blackmailed them. No, he, was, he resigned in disgrace. No, he.
1: If you look anyway, at the prosecution, but, but, the prosecution is now being you're, investigated you're, 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 for. You're trying
0: to get me. No, okay, all the charges agreed to disagree on. All the charges have I don't want to. No, no, no. Okay, we, we do. We, let's just uh, because it's not the question; it's a distraction. I don't agree, but the point is, he's he's a he's a poor candidate. Herschel Walker's a poor candidate. Now, a, a cynic would say, "Gee, well, it's easy to say that you wouldn't vote for Roy Moore because he's not running right now." And is is voting for someone who asked out underage girls is that actually worse than ask than you know asking for someone who's a wife abuser who's, you know, threatened people. That's not true. Dave, that's not true. Who's inflated assets and with this Herschel Walker and also is just is just historically unqualified. I mean, this is a guy that won't make any appearances. He won't debate. I think you have a responsibility if you're a candidate, okay, to get out and present yourself to the voters, Okay, I mean, even even Joe Biden did interviews in his basement for crying out loud. Okay, and Herschel Walker Herschel Walker won't even do that. So I guess the question is, how low, how bad do these candidates have to be? And this just gets, but you know, before you would say, okay, enough, do they have to be convicted felons? I mean, do they have? I mean, what's what's the bar? Because I just don't see it.
1: Well, the Constitution has a bar, and everything you're describing doesn't match that bar. First of all, so that's the only bar that's, is you have to be
0: 30 years old.
1: Well, and, and that's I,
0: the only bar. You have to be 30 years old to run for the Senate. That's it. That's the only bar.
1: Well, you know, Correct. I think I think Herschel Walker is is uh, you know wh- why don't you call up Herschel Walker and talk to him?
0: I would love to. I will try to do that. He doesn't he doesn't talk to anybody. I mean, if he's not going to talk to uh, uh, people in Georgia, why the, why the heck would he? Uh, would he talk to some? Uh, well, would guy you, who does are, the podcast are you? going to ask him uncomfortable questions? Are you from? I yeah. I, I will. You know, I will. I will try. I will try to. I will try to reach him. That's a very good point. And we'll talk about it on our on our next show. Okay. But yeah. the question is again, other than other than being you know under thirty years old. Is there anything in your mind that's going to disqualify a Republican senatorial candidate?
1: Because I don't see it. No, I, I I do agree. You should vote for the candidate and the best candidate. But the thing is, I I don't know. I don't know why you're so obsessed with Herschel Walker and why you hate him so much. I just think I'm that, not obsessed. With I Hershel think that Walker. Herschel Walker is. Uh, he mm-hmm. has a lot of potential, and we talked about it, you know, on the previous episode. You know, he and and I I think that people, you know. I I don't know all of the uh, allegations. I know that, again, as I said before, uh, people should not be uh, judged by their worst moment in time. I believe in redemption. And I'm pretty sure you believe in redemption, too, Dave. Um, How about qualification?
0: Does that matter? Do you need to be qualified? Do you need to even read a newspaper or be able to answer basic questions, even do one debate, you know, appear before the media? Because Walker is doing none of that.
1: Well, I think he probably should debate. I agree with you there. Um, But at the same time, in terms of who, what are his qualifications? He loves America. He doesn't hate America. He's someone which should be a base. I think that should be a basic qualification. Don't hate America. And I think that would, that would disqualify a lot of Democrats who uh, think that America's founders um, were and this is the total lie of the 1619 Project that America was founded in order to preserve slavery. That's a blatant lie. So when you have someone like Herschel Walker, who's a prominent African-American who loves America, I think that's worth sharing. I mean, and it's sad that we're even at this point, Dave, but that's what's happened to the media, where literally you have to not hate America. That's like the lowest bar. And Herschel Walker has I, crossed I, I, it. I'm sorry. I,
0: I No, I just don't mind me smiling because... And, um, uh, (laughs) you know, first of all, I agree. The 1619 Project is historical garbage, okay? I don't buy into it all. This country was not founded on slavery. I've said this before. There are parts of this country where racism is endemic, like our justice system, but this is not a systemically racist country. This is, in fact, I think if you look around, probably the least racist country in the entire world, okay? So let me just say that. We agree. Total fairness. But I think it's a laugh when you talk about Democrats hating America, and then you have Republicans throwing democracy under the bus. I mean, Donald Trump threw democracy under the bus, and he, he has uh, almost everyone in the party, with the possible exception of Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, and again, even reasonable people like you won't deny that the election was stolen. The response was, Trump was treated unfairly. Wait a minute, democracy treated Trump unfairly? What's next? You know... Uh, The the, the Japanese were treated unfairly by Pearl Harbor. I mean, it's just, it's it's laugh, it's risible, it's laughable. So don't, you know, please don't lecture me about hating America when you have a party that's basically trying to undermine democracy for pure power. Uh, every step of the way. I mean, it's just again, it's a false non-equivalency, as I say, not even a false equivalency.
1: Well, I never said that you hated America, Dave. I'm no. not lecturing you. I said that it's no, no. You didn't yeah. say I hated
0: America. You and I love America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying, I think it's rich. I think it's rich for people, for Republicans, to say a lot of these people saying, "Oh, you, you, you hate America." Oh, but by the way, I'm, I, I'm going to make it harder to vote. I'm going to make it possible for. Elections to be overturned. I'm going to support a man who's who's a total authoritarian who doesn't have a democratic bone in his body. You know, who is Putin's puppet on and on. By the way, Kevin McCarthy even said that. Uh, to go back to one of our previous debates, that uh, uh, that uh, that uh, Trump was on uh, on uh, Putin's payroll. So again, I think that is an argument. Which, you know, well, I disagree there's there's no there's no leaving. I think I think your argument would be more credible sometime if you, you know, nobody bats a thousand, not even your hero, Donald Trump. So every once in a while, he screwed up. But when it came to Russia, he screwed up.
1: We're gonna have to anyway, agree to disagree, um, as usual, Dave. <laughs> I know. I always
0: love our. I always love our debates. But anyway, well, that does it for another episode of Practically Political. Thanks so much for being with us. I'm Dave Spencer, and
1: I'm Carrie Sheffield. We will see you next time.